0: This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Well, praise God. We are going to have a good time together today. Uh, the title of the message is a little bit different and, and, uh, I was, I was praying about what to, to preach on. And yesterday the Lord led me, to, well, not yesterday, but I think Thursday or Friday, whatever day it was, someday this week, God led me to a specific verse that I was to preach on. But the title of the message today is this. Don't conform, just transform. Don't conform, just transform transform now i would like to think in my life I, i'm pretty much uh I'm, a, I'm just a pretty uh i don't know i play by the rules usually I'm, i don't really feel like i'm that much of a rebel i, I you know I, i'm a pretty straight cut forward guy and and try to play by the rules but i have found that there is an element of christianity there is an element to our faith that calls us to be nonconformist. There's an element, there is actually a, a big piece of our faith and of our calling that calls us to not conform and to not be like everybody else. Now, you know, if, if you're somebody that doesn't particularly like to stand out, you know, you're not looking to cause waves. You're not looking to, to uh, uh, be different from everybody else. But in our Christian walk and in our Christian faith, there comes a point in time Where you have to say, you know what, I've gone as far as I can go with this, but I can't follow you there. I can't go there anymore. I am not like you anymore. And so what I want you to do this morning is open up your Bibles to Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Romans 12 verse 2. Romans 12 and verse 2. And this is a, a very familiar verse, probably to a lot of you. But this is something that uh, we're going to dig into a little bit deeper today. Romans 12 and verse 2. And I'm going to first of all read it out of the New King James. Romans 12 and verse 2. Praise God. So who knows that you you're not like everybody else? Have you already discovered that yet? That once you became a Christian. You're not like everybody else anymore. And, you know, and and that's just the the fact of the matter. But Romans 12 and verse 2 in the New King James, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but... Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so there's a lot. Of, I mean, there's I mean, I see about 10 different messages just out of this one verse. But we're going to just go with two things right here. And, and 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 so, first of all, what does conform mean? Well, conform means to be similar or identical. And in other words, conform means that you just blend in with everybody else. And, and you know, that's probably more the level of comfort for a lot of us. Like, I'm not trying to stand out. I'm not trying to cause a scene. I'm not trying to make waves. I, you know, I'm just trying to, to blend in and get through life the best I can. And, and you know, to a certain extent, that's fine. I mean, I'm not personally going to go out and, and, you know, dye my hair blue or something, not making fun of you to do that. Just not my thing. I'm not looking to, draw attention that way. But I will tell you this much when it comes to the matter of faith, when it comes to the matter of my morals and my belief system, I am very much a nonconformist. The only thing that I will conform to is what the word of God tells me to conform to. So don't conform to what this world is telling you. Well, you know what? You've got to be like this now. I know that it used to be that way, but these days, we've found a newer and better way of believing. We've found a newer and better way of, of, of understanding and interpreting and, and, and now we've got science and now we've got further knowledge and all that stuff. And I'm telling you right now, I ain't going along with that stuff. I'm sticking with the Word of God. And so, conform means to just blend in with everybody else, but then transform means to make a thorough change to transform. And the scripture right here tells us, don't conform to this world. Don't, don't, don't be like everybody else in this world is, but instead What you need to do is you need to be transformed. You need to make a thorough change of your entire life. And you need to do this by renewing your mind. Now, this is a topic, this is, a, I guess, a a study that a whole lot of people don't have much information and knowledge on when it comes to Scripture. But I can tell you this much right now, and we'll get into this in a few minutes. A lot of you in here today, and a lot of people online, and a lot of me, and a lot of everybody, listen. A lot of our problem is, we don't have control of our mind. Just to be honest with you. And I'll tell you this much. When you became a born-again Christian, when you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, He came in and in an instant, remarkable, miraculous transformation of your spirit. Your spirit was made brand new and it was instantly transformed into being a brand new person on the inside. Jesus cleaned up your spirit and made you born again. That was Jesus. But then it tells us here in romans 2 that you are going to have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind he left that part up to you you are going to, you are responsible for taking control of your thoughts and your mind, and making it submit to the Word of God. And the, the the area I see so many people, so many Christians, and on the inside they're clean; they've been made and and washed as pure and white as snow. And Jesus did all that, but they're still struggling with these thoughts. They're still thinking to themselves, "You know what, man? You're so, you're, you're nothing. Your family's nothing. You came from nothing. You'll never be anything because that's how your family's always been." Their mind. And their thoughts still tell them that they will always be less than and not as good as everybody else. Who knows? That's a lie from the devil. Right? Maybe some of you, your mind is constantly giving you thoughts of anger and bitterness and unforgiveness and rage. And that's and your mind is constantly dealing with these thoughts. Who knows that that's not of God? you got to do something about that. And we're going to show you how to do this today. We're going to tackle a lot in a short amount of time. But this is a key verse to your success in your Christian life you got to know how to not conform to what the world tells you you have to be. And then you got to know how to transform into who God is telling you to be by the renewing of the mind. All right. And so uh, let's go ahead and open up in prayer and we're going to dig into the word of God. Who's excited, man? Who thinks that today the Lord is going to speak to you and straighten you out a little bit? Who needs to straighten out a little bit? Straighten me out, Jesus. I need help, all right? So let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are good and your mercy endures forever. I pray today that as we open our Bibles, as we study the word of God, that you are going to speak to us, Lord. Show us. And tell us what we need to see and hear, Lord, and help us to, to lay down our pride. God, if there's something that we need to change, if there's something we've been wrong about, help us to, to see that and admit it and change it so we can be who you called us to be. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. And so point number one today is this. Number one is don't try to be like the rest of the world. Don't try to be like the rest of the world. And I can tell you this much as I scan the the horizon of, of our society. I don't want to be like those people. I'm just going to tell you that I, the, the, the general population, the general society that we look at. I'm not real interested in, in being like those people, man. I see the general population paralyzed with fear. I don't want to live in fear. God hasn't given me a spirit of fear. He's given me a spirit of power, love and a sound mind. I don't want to be like that. I see people that are that are so down and angry and depressed and dejected and and, and, and worried. I don't want to be like that like that. I want to be how Jesus said that I'm supposed to be. And so there's a lot to look at and consider as we look at the global and the national picture of things right now. And I'll say this much, a lot of what we see going on is Bible prophecy. It it, it can't be changed and it won't be changed. There's a lot of things happening right now that Jesus said have to happen before he comes back. And so I fully realize that. And I, you know, I'd like to say that everything's just going to get better and better for the rest of the world until Jesus comes back. But the truth of the matter is there's probably some rough sailing ahead for the world. But thank God I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. I'm not subjected to all of the same things and curses that they're subjected to, but I'm fully aware that there are some negative and probably dangerous things that lay ahead for this world before Jesus comes back. So that's one reason we're seeing a lot of things we see. But on the other hand, another reason we see a lot of the things we see is simply the result of a lot of Christians being lazy. Now, I'm going to duck behind the pulpit while you throw rocks. Listen, a lot of the results and a lot of the things that we see going on, if we want to be blunt and truthful about it, a lot of it has to do with Christians. Honestly, not every Christian. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about someone else that you know. But but listen, a lot of Christians... Have simply become lazy with their faith, lazy for standing up for what's right and what's wrong. And, and, and just, you know what, they're going to make fun of me if I say that this is wrong. The, you know, I, I don't want to take the heat from my family anymore. I don't, I don't want anybody, you know, I'm just going to shut up and, and let stuff happen. I'm just going to keep it to myself. Faith is a private matter, and and no, they're allowed to cuss in front of my children, and they're allowed to tell nasty jokes, but I won't talk about Jesus in front of the rest of my family, because but because that's not right. But it's okay for them to cuss in front of my kids. That ain't right. How come if it's you know they get offended when you talk about Jesus, but you're not allowed to be offended when they cuss in front of you and your kids? Do you see how we've been manipulated and, 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 and bullied into, into submission and silence for the last little while? It shouldn't be that way. And Christians, listen, we do not need to be like the rest of the world because I don't like what I see out there. And I can also say this much that. And I'm going to get to some encouraging stuff in a minute, so just hang on. But i got to, I got to talk for a few minutes, okay? So, you know, America, and probably the world in general, has really fallen in love with this idea of celebrity and fame and, I guess, popularity. I don't know what else to say about it. But the, the ultimate goal of so many people is to, you know, be famous on the Internet. I'm just, I'm just being real right now. And, 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 you know, I can tell you this much that if you asked, you would be surprised if you asked a whole lot of kids. And I know I sound like an old man right now. I'm not trying to go old man on you, but, but just listen, hear me out. So not every kid, not every, not every youngster, but. A whole lot of them, if you ask them, what do you want to be when you grow who do you look up to? They want to be a YouTuber or a TikToker or something like that, or an Instagram influencer. Now, I'm not making fun of that. That can be, you can use that in a good way, but there's so many people that are famous... And popular, and and back in the day, you became famous by inventing something, right? You invented a light bulb, so now you're awesome and you're a hero and everybody loves you. Nowadays, you do prank phone calls on YouTube and you're you're a national celebrity. You build toilet paper forts at Target, and all of a sudden, kids think you're cool, right? I'm saying this because I have kids. I see this stuff, and 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 you know that. And all of a sudden, that makes you a great person. That's not how it used to be. And so I was in line at at the store the other day, and again, I'm I'm getting on the I'm being an old man for a few minutes here, but just hear me out. Hear me out on this. And so there's this this mom in the aisle next to me, and and you know I'm I'm not judging, but I feel she was probably dressed a little provocatively for being a mom, and she has her little daughter with her and and uh I can tell that that the mom is she, she you know you just know when someone's kind of talking a little bit loud so you'll hear in the other aisle right they they want they want they're looking for attention and so her little girl's talking hey mommy this mommy that and the mom's just on her phone scrolling and, and all this stuff and the little girl hey mommy mom and she's trying to talk to her mom and the mom's like hey honey mommy's video just got 17,000 views can you believe that and I'm like Your daughter's trying to talk to you about something that matters, and all you care about is this dude in the other aisle hearing that you just got 17,000 views for whatever your stupid video is on YouTube. What does that say to this child? The way to get attention, the way to be accepted, the way to be affirmed is to get a whole bunch of people you've never met in your life to like you and follow you on the Internet. But it doesn't matter what the people in your own home and, you know, they're they're a secondary thought. What matters is everybody else thinks you're cool and pretty and beautiful. and, And I'm going somewhere with this, but I was disgusted. I'm like, lady, put a jacket on and talk to your daughter. Go talk to your daughter. She's crying out for attention here. And so what, what I'm getting with this is, is that's just a very general picture of a lot of what we see going on in the world right now. But sadly, it has infiltrated Christianity. It's infiltrated the body of Christ, where nowadays it's more important. And just please hear me out. It's more important for a lot of Christians or a lot of ministers and pastors, I should say, they would care a whole lot more about how many likes they get on the Internet over how accurate their sermon was with the word of God that day. Right. And so that's a dangerous thing. Well, what am I saying is? A lot of Christians and a lot of Christianity is conforming to this world. And the quickest way to get famous is to get a lot of people to like you and agree with you. But the truth of the matter is this is as a Christian, the majority of people, if you really stand up for what the Bible is all about, a lot of people are not going to agree with you and like you. And so there becomes a conflict. Well, I know it says this, but maybe if I just don't talk about that anymore, more people will like me, more people will follow me, more people will affirm me, and 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 and, and just support me. So I just won't talk about that section anymore. Or as a Christian, you see things going on in your family, see things going on in the workplace, see things going on in your life. Well, I know I'm just gonna let that. I'm not gonna, you know, I'll, I'll just fly under the radar on that issue because I don't want anybody and. You know what you're doing you're conforming to the world around you and what is conforming means you're, you're fitting their mold they're saying we we know you you're a christian but we want you to be a christian on our terms we want you to do it the way that we think people that aren't even christians are telling you how to be a christian and christians are listening to it listen if, if i'm not a plumber I don't know much about plumbing. I know very little, but I know this much. I'm not going to go up to a licensed plumber and tell him, you know what? Real plumbers are like this. And and I know you were taught this in plumbing school. I guess that's what they call it. But listen, but this is how it's really done. And I think you should do your plumbing this way now. How dumb would it be if the plumber said, you know what? You're right. I just don't want to cause any. I'll start doing things your way. I've had people, you know, some of my one of my best friends growing up. Not a Christian anymore, and 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 his family is it, and 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 they will they used to they haven't done it for a while would send me things about what the Bible says about different topics, and and you know it says this right here, but what it really means is this: I'm like, you're gonna tell me how to interpret Scripture, and you don't even believe that it's true. Listen, I don't know everything there is to know about the Bible, but I have dedicated my entire existence. To this thing. My entire li- Every day of my life. Is all about this right here. And you're going to come in and tell me. What it really says. And interpret that for me. Not a chance. Not a chance. And so Christians. Quit conforming to what the world tells you. Your faith is supposed to be like. Transform into what God says. Your faith is supposed to be like. It's a good chance for me to get a drink of water. All right. James chapter four. Can we flip over to James chapter four? You still glad you came today? James chapter four and verse four. But I mean, it's time for Christians to listen the only thing we conform to is the word of God. So James chapter four, verse four. And uh, and and this is a powerful verse. This is a hard hitting verse, man. This is this is some real stuff. It's about to get real in here today. So just listen up to this. James four, verse four. It says you adulterers. OK, well, let's let's keep going here. Don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? What? What did you say, James? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Now, that is not what we want to hear, because personally, I like to be friends with everybody. You know, I like people to like me. I like to like other people, and I just like to get along with everybody. Now, is this verse saying, I can have no friendships with somebody that's not a born-again Christian? I don't believe it's saying that. We do know this much, that Jesus himself was around sinners, right? Jesus himself, uh, you know, people got mad at him. He would go to the to the tax collector's house for dinner. Was he was he doing that so he could learn how to be more like the tax collector? No. He was doing that so the tax collector could change and be more like him. And so I don't believe this verse is saying you can't have a friendship with somebody that is not a born-again Christian, but I will tell you this much. If I'm going to hang around with somebody that's not a Christian, I'm not doing it so I can conform to them. I'm doing it so they can conform to the Bible so they can receive Jesus so they can have the hope and the joy and the peace and the assurance that I have. But I am not hanging out with them so I can become more like them. This world, and I say that it has nothing. They don't have anything I want. Yeah, well, they got a bunch of money. Keep it. What good's that money do for you if you're going to hell? You can't take it with you. You know, well, yeah, but they've got a lot of followers and they've got a lot of this. Keep it. I want nothing more in this life than to please Jesus. And I realized that someday I'm going to stand before him and I'm going to have to answer for how I live my life on this earth. Well, I don't believe in the judgment. There will be a day of judgment and there will be a day where every human being ever born has to stand before their maker and give an account for their life on this earth. Now, some people, when that day comes, they'll stand before God Almighty and he's going to say, well Done. Good and faithful servant. He's not gonna say, well, you were perfect down there, but he's gonna say, you know what? Well done. You did what I asked you to do. You were good. You were faithful. Enter in to the joy of the Lord. That's my entire goal right there, is to stand before God with no regrets whatsoever. And so, we are told right here in scripture that friendship with the world, making everybody like you, listen, that makes us an enemy of God. And so let me, let me say this. Do you think it makes the world happy when you no longer fit into their mold? That's not a trick question. I'm just, do you think it makes everybody around you happy when you no longer fit into their mold and live your life according to their standards for your life? No, it's gonna offend them. It's gonna make them angry. They're gonna say things like, well, you, you think you're better than us now? Huh? Before you went to that church, you used to drink this stuff with us before you went down. you used to smoke this. And now all of a sudden you're 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 better than us. Like, I'm not saying I'm better than anybody. But listen, I don't have to do that anymore to find peace. I don't have to do that anymore to find joy. I found an unending, limitless supply of everything that I need right here. I don't need that stuff anymore. I am a new creation in Jesus Christ. And I don't have to conform to that anymore and so, again, I, you scan the horizon. I see a lot of people paralyzed with fear. I'm not, ma- not making fun. People too afraid to come out of their house. People too afraid to, you know, do anything. And people that are just absolutely depressed and disgusted. My dad says busted, disgusted, and can't be trusted. Listen, I don't want to be like that. That's not what I'm trying to live my life like. And so I, I preached a sermon, I think it was in December, but I don't fully remember, but the, it, it was this: We're all in the same storm right now, but we're not all in the same boat, because you know, since this whole thing started a year ago, I keep hearing people say, "Yeah, well, we're all in the same boat. I guess you got I'm like. At first, I'm like, yeah, we're in the... But then I started thinking about it. Wait a minute. If we're in the same boat, then why am I happy? Why am I full of joy right now? Why is my life incredible? It's not because I'm cool. I'm not bright. I'm just saying because of Jesus. You understand, right? So why am I loving my life so much and you're hating your life so much if we're in the exact same boat? Then it dawned on me, yeah, we're all in the same storm, but evidently, we're not all in the same boat because a whole lot of people are thriving and having the best life they've ever had. And then there's a whole lot of people that are, I mean, just having the worst time they've ever had. We're not all in the same boat. And so I picture it this way. I'm in a U.S. naval warship, just, you know, doing my thing. And then some people are out there in a canoe trying to get through the storm. Listen, get in the right boat. But I'm not going to get out of my boat of safety and awesomeness with Jesus and get into your boat of fear and depression and and, and everything else. I'm staying in the boat that I'm in. And I can tell you this much, the boat with Jesus is always less crowded. The boat that Jesus is in is always less crowded. And now you can just throw this verse on the screen or you can write it down. But Matthew 7, 13, I got this in the Passion Translation. Jesus said, come to God through the narrow gate because the wide gate and broad path is the way that leads to destruction. Listen, nearly everyone chooses that crowded road. Most people are choosing the crowded road. Most people are choosing the boat that's already overflowing with fearful, anxiety, depressed, sad, angry, bitter people. I don't want to be in that boat. I think I'll be in the nice big boat with Jesus that's way less crowded. Now, it shouldn't be that way. You know, Jesus said, hey, there's plenty of room in my father's house In my father's house are many mansions. There's tons of room in heaven for everybody. But sadly, a whole lot of people, they're not choosing the big, spacious heaven. They're choosing to bunch in with everybody else and take the crowded road. And that's not what the will of God is. But I'm telling you right now, my whole point in all of this is this right here. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't try to make them all love you, all right? I'm not trying to say make people hate you, but if they say, well, I know you, you believe this, but we think this, so you can't say that. No, listen, I'm not trying to please people. I'm trying to please God down here. Amen? And a whole lot of times, pleasing God is going to tick off people. My intention never will be to make people angry. I don't like to make people angry. I like people to like me. I'm a very sensitive fellow. You can't tell, but I, I, you know, I like to be liked. But at the same time, I would a whole lot rather Jesus say, well done, good and faithful servant. Not, you know what? You were doing good there for a minute. Then you bowed down to everybody else and you took the easy road. I don't want that. And so number one today is this. Don't pattern in your life. Don't conform yourself to the world around you. I know it can be a little bit painful, but it's worth it in the end. We're going to see Jesus someday. And here's the second thing I'm going to say is this. Number two, I really, really want you to pay attention here. Number two, renew your mind. Renew your mind. Can you say that with me? Renew the mind. And uh, this, again, is a a, a, an area that so many people don't have a hold of. And, and again, they know that on the inside they're brand new, but their mind constantly gives them trouble. And I like what Kenneth Hagin said. You can put this quote on the screen. Kenneth Hagin said, What we believe is a result of our thinking. If we think wrong, we will believe wrong. And, you know, obviously, I mean, that's kind of common sense, but a lot of times you hear somebody Tell you some crazy, wacky, messed up belief. And you're like, well, how'd they come up with that? Well, apparently they've got some, they're thinking wrong somewhere along the way. If you could think that that's, you know, actually a a, a realistic thing. But listen, we have got to renew our minds. And I'll tell you this, that one of the main ways that Satan has brought harm to the world today is through changing the way people think, which changes what they believe. Satan, and I'm telling you, this and and there's a book on this that's called The Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Meyer, and I recommend that to a lot of people. But the mind is a battlefield, and Satan will all day long try to just absolutely fire thoughts at you. I mean, I know some people that they're just full of anxiety nonstop, and their mind always jumps to the worst-case scenario. You got to deal with that, man. Every time you get a paper cut, oh man, paper cut. This could be cancer. I saw one time on YouTube, and uh, you know what? And it got infected, and then this guy lost his whole hand. And then, and why do you got to think that way? Why do you got to think like that? Don't think like that. Or, or you know, I saw this over here, and so you know that means this, and this is gonna. Why do you got to always jump to the worst case scenario? Why don't we, when something happens, jump to the best case scenario? Why do I'm not, you know, I'm not talking about, listen, I'm not going uh, humanistic. I'm not talking about mind over matter. I'm not going there. But what I'm saying is this. Why do we have to always let negative thoughts be the first thing to come in? Why can't we for once get a a negative thought comes in and say, no, 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 no. That's stupid. Why would I even think that? It's a paper cut. No one's ever got cancer from a paper cut. I'm not going to die over this. It's a paper cut. I'm going to wash it off and then I'm going to move on with my day. You know, just seriously, why do we have to jump to the worst case scenario? The answer is we don't have to. We choose to. Well, I can't help what 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 comes what comes into my mind. And I like how Brother Hagen put it this way. I can't help it if birds are flying over my head, but I can't help it if they stop and build a nest in my hair. Listen, I realize that thoughts, I can't always help every thought that comes to my mind, but I can control if I'm going to let that thought take residence in my mind and put down roots there. Right? Yeah, thoughts come, you know, some people tell me, well, I got cuss words come to my mind. Okay, all right, rebuke it, move on. You don't have to sit there, well, I've got thoughts of anger and and hatred. I've got thoughts of this and that, and I get it. You're not choosing to let those thoughts come all the time, but you can choose if you're going to let those thoughts build a home inside of your head. You can say, no, I resist that in Jesus' name. I refuse to think about that. And guess what? About two seconds later, the thought's going to come back again. So guess what? No, I resist that in Jesus' name. No, I'm not going to think on that. Philippians 4.8 tells us to think on things that are pure and lovely and true and honorable and just. Things that are a good report. Choose what you are going to think about. Well, I don't know if that's possible. It's absolutely possible. The mind is a battlefield, but it is a battle that you can absolutely win. And you are told to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You can do it. Well, I don't think you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So shuddy. Well, it's impossible. Nobody can do that with God. All things are possible. So what do you think about that? It is possible, but it will take some discipline. It will take some time because I know this much. If you've developed a habit over the course of your life, it's not real easy to just instantly change it overnight. Right. I get that there is a process of transformation. There is a process that we call sanctification. Jesus instantly cleaned your spirit and made you brand new. But your mind, it's going to take a minute to clean up some of those things that were in there for a long time. You know, just being real. I know some guys that looked at a lot of things they shouldn't have looked at as young men. And those thoughts try to come back. I get that. But you are going to have to say, you know what, any time those nasty thoughts come into your mind, you know what, in the name of Jesus, I resist that. I'm not giving any play. I am not going to dwell on that. I'm just, In Jesus' name, I rebuke that. You're going to have to start, t- well, it's really hard, though. What happens, uh, those come to me all the time. Okay, so resist it all the time, right? If you've got a fly buzzing around your head, now most, I guess some people might just get used to it if you live in the country or something, but any time a fly buzzes around my head, I swat it away. Well, then, yeah, but what if it comes back? Well, I swat it away again. Yeah, but then what if it co- I swat it away again. Every time it comes near my face, I swat it away, even if that means I do it a hundred times. Because there's no point in time that I want to become comfortable with those things flying around my head. And it's just the same way with thoughts. They may come around your head. Yeah, but that thought came to me yesterday. Well, swat it away again. In the name of Jesus. Well, I couldn't do that. With God, all things are possible. Yes, you can if you really want to. So how do you renew your mind? Okay, here we go. A. A. How do you renew your mind? A. Through the word of God. Through the word of God. And so let's look at one of my favorite verses, Isaiah 26 and verse 3. Are we helping anybody today? Your whole life can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And you can do this because it wouldn't be just of God to tell you to do something that was never even a possibility for you to do. It's absolutely possible through him. Isaiah 26 and verse three. Isaiah 26 and verse three, we're talking about renewing the mind through the word of God. Isaiah 26 and verse 3, and I realize we got some people that are much newer to the faith, and, and, and you maybe, you're so new to this that you've still got a lot of, man, maybe, maybe curse words flying through your mind still, maybe a lot of bad pictures, a lot of thoughts and feelings, and, and, and hey, I get that. We are trying to help you today to grow and to get through this. But Isaiah 26 and verse 3, it says, you will keep in perfect Peace. Can somebody say perfect peace? Perfect peace. All who trust in you and what? All whose thoughts are fixed on you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. I love that he says perfect peace. Because I'd be happy with peace, some level of peace. But the word of God says, I will keep you in perfect peace. Peace. If you trust me and you keep your thoughts fixed on me, I know I've said this a lot of times, but if somebody says, well, my thoughts are fixed on Jesus and I still don't have perfect peace Then they're not fixed on Jesus. That's a lie. Well, that's mean to say that's a lie. Either you're lying or Jesus is lying. But he promised right here that if your thoughts are fixed on him, you'd have perfect peace. The only way that we don't have perfect peace is if our thoughts aren't fixed on him. And I will admit it right now, any time in my life that I am not having peace I'll be honest enough to say, at those moments, my thoughts aren't fixed on Jesus. They're fixed on the problem. But every time in my life that I have problems, if my thoughts are fixed on the word of God, no matter what's going on, I have perfect peace. And 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 in fact, Philippians 4 says it's a peace that surpasses all understanding. What does that mean? It's a peace that doesn't even make any sense. How's that guy not freaking out right now? How's that guy so full of peace? Doesn't he know what's going on? He knows what's going on, but his thoughts are fixed on Jesus. So he's got perfect peace. So how do you keep your thoughts fixed on Jesus You keep your thoughts fixed on the word of God because John one verse one says, Jesus is the word. If my when I spend time with the Bible, I'm spending time with Jesus. When I read the Bible, I'm reading the words of Jesus. I'm reading the words of God himself. When my thoughts are fixed on Bible verses, my thoughts are fixed on Jesus and I have perfect peace and my mind is being transformed. I'm being renewed every single day if my thoughts are on him. And so, again, you can write this down. Philippians 4, 8 says, fix your thoughts. Well, we'll we'll do what? Fix your thoughts, man. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Well, I always think about bad things. We'll stop doing that. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Yeah, but negative thoughts come to my mind. Well, tell them to shut up. How? uh, Well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Okay. So, B. Letter B, all right? Well, why are we going to B? Because in my mind, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I'm a stickler for outlines, okay? I don't know why, but I learned this in Bible. Things have to be perfectly outlined. So that's why we're doing A, B, and C here. B, how do you renew your mind? B, capture wrong thoughts. Well, how do you do that? Capture wrong thoughts. Look at 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. I'm throwing some verses out there, but I, I, I heard that I had some heavy hitters in here today. Was I right? I heard that I had some people that wanted to grow in Jesus. So I showed up and OK. All right. Second Corinthians ten three through five. So how do you renew your mind? A, through the word of God. B, you got to capture wrong thoughts and wrong thoughts come to all of us, every human being. But we're all responsible for dealing with them. 2 Corinthians 10, and we're going to look at verses 3 through 5 in the New King James. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5. Check this out. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Listen to this. Here we go. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So no doubt about it. If you wondered, now you know we are in a warfare. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. What does that mean? The weapons of our warfare aren't natural. I'm not fighting the devil with guns and bombs. But I am fighting him with the word of God. And it, I mean, it lays it out right here. We are being attacked in our thoughts and in our mind. But what do we do? We bring every thought into captivity. So whenever a, a wrong thought comes into my mind, do I just going to sit there and think about it? No, I'm going to snatch that thought. And I'm going to bring it. You know what? No way. I don't hate that guy. I love him because God is love. I don't hate him. I don't hate anybody. Then the thought comes five minutes later. You heard what she said. That no good. I'll never forgive her. No. In the name of Jesus, according to Ephesians 4, I will forgive just like Christ forgave me. So how do you fight thoughts? Do you fight it with other thoughts? No. You fight the wrong thoughts. With the word of God out of your mouth. You fight thoughts with words. Anytime a wrong thought comes to my mind, I will speak the word of God out over the situation. Because I'm not going to do a bunch of warfare in my mind and I can just see somebody, "Mm, they're getting tugged over here. Then, No, 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 no. Listen, when the devil throws a wrong thought, I answer it with words from my mouth out of the word of God. Well, who do you think you are? Your family's poor, a bunch of rednecks, where do you think you came from? I don't, man, I'm not gonna listen to junk like that. I'm gonna say, no, no, no. According to Romans chapter 8, I have been adopted into the family of God. God's my father, Jesus is my brother. Amen. I'm not gonna listen to that stuff. I'm not less than anybody because I am in the family of God. Don't put up with that trash coming into your mind, capture every thought and bring it in to obedience to Christ. You've got to capture those thoughts and you do it with the words of your mouth, speaking the word of God, bring it into submission. And I'm just telling you right now, I've seen more Christians defeated and messed up and and not living the life that Jesus has for them because they're losing the battle in the mind. You've got to win this battle, and I can guarantee you how to win it, through the Word of God. Guaranteed victory. Well, I don't know if I'd guarantee anybody anything nowadays. I will guarantee victory in every area of life if you do it according to the Word of God. Well, yeah, but there's a lot of people out there that are going through this. I guarantee victory through the Word of God. Yeah, there's a lot of people that are facing this right now, and and we didn't have this back then, and guess what? guaranteed 100% of the time victory through the word of God. So that brings us to C, all right? So how do we renew the mind? A, through the word of God. B, capture wrong thoughts by speaking words when thoughts come to your mind. And then C, I love this, man. Think about heaven. Well, I don't know about that. That sounds kind of a little bit... I'm talking about keep your mind... Fixed on heaven. Well, look at this. Colossians three. Please flip with me to Colossians chapter three. I don't understand Christians that don't ever think about heaven. I don't get that. I mean, listen, if you knew that, hey, uh, you know, in a few weeks, we've got our dream vacation planned. We're going to this resort. We're going to this and that. You would think about it nonstop. I know you. You would, you would post about it on the internet. That's fine. You would talk about it to everybody. Yeah, man, it's been cold lately, but in three weeks we've reserved a resort down here and we're gonna, you tell everybody about it. Why in the world, if you know that in a short period of time, you're moving to a mansion in heaven with streets of gold, why wouldn't you at least think about that sometimes? But I know, hey. A whole lot of Christians, they don't ever even think about heaven. They're, yeah, man, someday, but we're down here right now. I don't think that way. I don't get that. I think about heaven, and it makes me really, really happy. I think about being in the perfect place, the streets of gold, being, not you know, thats that's all good stuff. But I dream of seeing Jesus Christ face to face, worshiping at the throne of God. And never leaving, I mean, come on somebody. If that doesn't make you happy, what's wrong with you? Colossians 3, verse 2, it says, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Well, that should set a whole bunch of people free right there. Because all you've been doing is thinking about the things of earth. Haven't you? Don't raise your hand. I'm just saying. You know who you are. You know who you are. All right. All right. A lot of us know who you are, too. But as said, listen, think about the things of heaven. It says, don't think about the things of earth. Why? For you died to this life. What? Man, I'm a dead man down here. I died to this life. And your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Who you see here is not the real me. What? The real me, my real life, this is all fake, this is all just whatever, but my real life is hidden with Christ in God. My real home, my real life is in heaven. Now, I'll do my best with all this down here, but I'm going to heaven someday. And I love it. I, Jesse Daplan told a story one time. He said that he was preaching in a certain city and and he said he was, you know, they're going back to the hotel at night or something and wasn't the best part of town. And a woman of the night. OK, you adults, right? A woman of the night approaches him and says, sir, you want to go have a good time? And, and starts propositioning him. And he's like, you don't want to do anything with me. I'm a dead man. What? No, I'm I'm dead. Sir, what are you talking? I'm a dead man. You don't want you don't want anything. I'm I am a dead man. And she's like, What are you talking about? He's like, Man, this man has died. My real life is hidden with Christ in heaven. I'm a dead man. Yeah, you don't want nothing to do with me. And listen, when you start to have a mind that realizes heaven's real, when you start to focus your mind and you know what? I could get upset about politics down here. I could get mad about this and about that. But the truth of the matter is none of that's going to matter very long from now at all. hundred years from now, I will be in heaven. Three thousand years from now, I will still be in heaven. Ten million years from now, I will still be in heaven. When you begin to have an eternal mindset, you are being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And things that used to absolutely ruin your day, they don't matter anymore. So what? You don't agree with me on that. Who cares? So what? The, this and that. Who cares? I'm too busy thinking about Jesus. I'm too busy thinking about heaven. I'm too busy just living, the, having the time of my life down here, having heaven on earth. So in everything that we're saying down here right now, I'm trying to teach us and guide us. How we can live a successful Christian life. Number one, you gotta quit being conformed to this world. You gotta quit, you gotta quit being a Christian the way that non-Christian people are telling you to be a Christian. They don't know how to do it anyway. And then number two, we've gotta start being transformed by the renewing of our mind. We're gonna do that by the Word of God. The word of God, we're going to do that by capturing wrong thoughts that come to us. And we're going to do that by realizing and focusing and thinking about heaven. And so everything we've said today boils down to this. There's no way in the world that God's children should be down here depressed, miserable, sick, tired, busted, disgusted, can't be trusted. That ain't God's will for your life, isn't God's will? Sorry, mom, is not God's will for your life. But it comes down to this. You are going to have to start renewing your mind. That is going to take a little bit of effort on your part. It's going to take a little bit of work on your part, but it will be worth it. When those thoughts of anxiety and stress and negativity, they start getting less and less and less. Those thoughts of anger and rage and unforgiveness, they start getting less and less and less. Those thoughts of less than and poverty and and everything else, they start getting less and less and less and less. Because every time the devil knocks, you answer with the word of God. I'm telling you right now, your life can be changed if you'll be transformed by the renewing of Your mind. Can somebody say amen today? Can we stand up together for a few minutes? Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.